Symphony Beer Planners, we are back with another episode full of the stuff you love. Us, laughs, a damn good time, and talking about serious shit too. Because we have hearts and we're human beings. We you got a heart, little nigga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nigga got heart. What's up, Jody Joe? <laughs> so, um, before we hopped on here, we were talking about the show We Own the City, which if you haven't seen it, I highly suggest watching it. Um, in my opinion, better than The Wire. Only I say that because it took me a while to get into The Wire. And this one, I was hooked from the jump. Maybe it's because it's riding off the legacy of The Wire. But um, but I, I love the show. And um, if, for those who don't know, it's about the corrupt task, uh, police gun task force. And, uh, the, here in the Baltimore. Yeah, here in Baltimore. And then the best way... They said it in the show, the best way to describe these guys were they were like 1950s gangsters. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, y'all tell me, what are y'all thoughts on the show? So, you want to go first? Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, my biggest thing with it is AL was a surprise. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's something that everybody's pretty much known about. Not necessarily. Not in death. Yeah, like, well, not even necessarily with that particular task force, but they knew about the level of corruption that was in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you grew up in Baltimore, when you would see what happened to you or somebody that you knew. You know what I'm saying? And um, also, side note, I do recommend watching it. And it's crazy hearing them name streets that you live by or that you mm-hmm. were around or the schools that you've been to. Like, So that part of the song is dope. But it's definitely not surprising. It's definitely a little um, upsetting. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's necessary to watch. Yeah. And... and- Spoiler alert, by the way. I don't know that we need to say that because the story is told. But, yeah. you know, just for whoever needs it, if you are worried about spoilers, just get past this point. But anyway, <laughs> I, so I, I do think it's a very well... I have thoughts because there there's, like, good thoughts and, like, not so good thoughts. Like, on the one hand, I think it's, like, a really well-produced show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, it, like, yeah, it does highlight... I just remember that breaking in the news, that gun trace task force and all the things that they were doing, how they got arrested, mm-hmm. and just thinking, man, this is cra- this is like a TV show, ironically. Right. right. And so to see like, and and then also to hear like certain like I was talking to somebody on Sunday where, um, what's the shady like white cop that um, the black lady from from the FBI like tried to talk to him yeah. in the bar. Whoever, I forget his name, but that cop. Herschel. Herschel. Someone, I remember talking to someone on Sunday where I was, and he was like, yo, I got arrested by that dude. Like, the real, the real Herschel. The strip club? And the same, he was like, the same thing happened to him, like, like, along those lines. I believe. The strip club, um, Milford, Milford Inn, I think it was. I actually had to go there for, like, a DJ audition the other day. And I, I texted a guy who was, like, the main guy, he was like, yo. I was like, yo, they were... You, uh, the strip club was on the show. It was like, yeah, yo, they were here like all whatever weeks it was yeah. and, and film and shit. So it is weird to, to go to be around places that yeah, it's based it's, on, it's, you know. It's yeah. a little eerie because it's based off of a true story, obviously. We, that we, we live in that's that scary. We live that's in that scary. And so that's where I think it, like, some of my, like, thoughts turn kind of negative. I do think it's unfortunate that so much of the, the, the things about the city that gets popularized is the negative mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. like the, like the, like we gravitated to the wire as a city because it was representative of the city at a national or international level right. but it was like talking about some of the the more fucked up like um themes that's going on in the city this it, it 
feels even more so because this is like the wire took names of people that may have been real and creating stories around it. Mm-hmm. This is taking real a names. real story with real names. Like there was a real Sean Suter and so on and so forth. And they, um, you know, and, 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 you know, putting it on display as it, as it needs to be put on display, but it's kind of like, man. So like my, like one, one thought I have is like, damn, I wish like we could have like some, some like positive highlights somewhere in the city where that doesn't have to do with the crime and the criminal element so, um, in, in, you know, in our city. No, I mean, I, I agree with you, and that'd be nice. I mean, two things that kind of stuck with me, though, especially in a movie, which actually was a real thing, you know, talking to the people that I've talked to, us, even some of the officers, but the reality that after Friday Gray, officers tried to do a protest and really not do their jobs just so they can get clearance to still do messed up stuff, to me, it was crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you show me, you tell me that you can't do your job right. You know what I'm saying? And if I'm asking you to do your job right, your answer is not doing it at all. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. It's yeah. super interesting how, like, it, it is really a culture thing when you talk about, when you think about police departments, because um, in Baltimore, there are a pretty decently high percentage of officers that are black. Mm-hmm. So I felt like prior to Freddie Gray, so much of the narrative was around, you know, this sort of concept of white police officers versus black residents. And one of the things that Freddie Gray in Baltimore highlighted was, no, it's it's a bit more of a, like a culture within right. the police department sort right. of thing. Because most of those cops, many of those cops, I will say, because I'm not sure if it's most, but many cops in Baltimore City are black because the city is 66% black. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know Atlanta gets known as, you know, the, the, the blackest city in America or the black Mecca, but by statistics, Baltimore is in fact the blackest city in America. Um, and so I thought that was interesting to see like it on display and it's kind of like you know a gift and a curse sort of sort of situation and but even to add to that you know what I'm saying like when you talk about like the negative stuff that Baltimore highlights the police are a big part of that you know what I'm saying like because I mean one of the things they always highlight oh the crime the murder rate but they're the ones supposed to be controlling that you know what I'm saying they're like I cannot think of one time and you know I always have stories. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> last, one, last one included. I cannot think of one time in my life where I was like, man, I'm, I wish the police were there. And if they were there, this would have turned That's out. That's sad. You know what I'm saying? That's sad. Now, granted, the flip side of that, you know what I mean? They have, they're there when I didn't want them there. And they've caused trouble for different reasons. But my thing is, the fact that they've been around and everybody looks at them as more of an issue than, you know, a help source is crazy. That being said, I mean, you have good officers, you know what I'm saying? But it's it's, it's messed up that if you are a good officer, you got to deal with all the other stuff that's going on in that force. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, and, and you segue pretty perfectly into talking about thoughts on, like, police corruption and, I guess, more specifically with this, like, gun trace task force. Um, but what, what are what are some of y'all, like, more, more broader thoughts about police corruption and, and things like that? And it doesn't have to be specific so, to Baltimore. here's my issue, right? And my biggest thing is, and I've always said this as long as I can remember, you just need to hold the bad officers accountable. If you do that, you get rid of every other problem. The problem is when you don't do that, then that's when you get the issues you get. That's when you get the protests and everything else. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason that if a shooting happens that we have to wait for you to get your story together so you can do a release. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason why you have to hide body cam footage or decide if you want to release the body cam footage. You know what I'm saying? The footage should be the footage. So what do you need to wait to release it for? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The fact that you give people time to get their story straight, the time, the fact that you got to sit back and 
have an actual option to sit back and say, you know what, uh, I don't want this evidence to show because it's going to make me look bad. What makes, it, what makes it look worse is that we we have the, like, all of us can film the raw footage. So you make yourself look way more corrupt when you release this edited part of what happened. As opposed, like, I think we talked about it the other day. Can you imagine if uh, George Floyd's footage was released by the police? Can oh, for sure. Imagine? They, for sure. They initially for sure. tried to report it as, like, like less than what it was. Right. And only when that raw footage was released was the the, the story changed. Right. So thank God shifted. for whoever that person was. Shout out to you because you started a revolution of change. All Everybody was there that day that filmed that shit. Started a revolution of change that was sorely, sorely needed. But even with that sign here. No, no, no. I was just going to say... And we always talk about we always um, talk about the difference between this generation and that generation. And one thing you said, Flash, was you know this generation doesn't put up with a lot of crap that we put up with growing up. So they they film they someone filmed this and saw this is wrong, and other people need to know that this is happening because mm-hmm. the police are gonna they're gonna release their own version. Mm-hmm. And it's going to make this person look like he was out of control. He deserved to 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 be um, uh, restrained, and that it didn't look as long as it did for him to pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And keep in mind. I'm sorry, it's my last no, no, point. Yeah, right. Keep in mind though, like with that whole George Floyd situation, to me, like mind you, that the, the cell phone recording officers and recording killers have been going on. The, to me, the only thing that stuck out, I was honestly surprised that that was the one that sparked the whole revolution, almost, if you want to say that. But, I mean, I think the only difference with this one was that you had everybody from a firefighter that was off duty to all the people that went in there. Even the guy in the store was like, yo, chill out. Right. And you still kept doing what you were doing. But, <laughs> I mean, mind you, before then, um, the guy that was jogging, Amon Aubrey, happened before that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Same thing. Recorded. You know what I'm saying? But it was just... I think with George Floyd, it was just that you had all the dots falling right Well, also, you saw eight minutes of a man being killed. You saw literally, there there was no editing of it. You saw literally eight minutes of, of, of a man going from living, starting to pass over because he started to talk to his mother, saying that, so he knows he's going to die, and then die. Yeah, there, there was no yeah buts. Right. And so, so, and what I mean by that is, with um, <clears throat> right, yeah, right, yeah. right, yeah. with with the with the one situation in New York where the guy died essentially by asphyxiation because the cop was 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 like had him in a headlock too mm-hmm. long, you know it, it was oh well but he was doing something illegal, um, with Philando Castillo he was the perfect model citizen oh, but that it was like video was horrible. but it was like oh yeah but he had a gun never mind the fact that it was an open carry state and he said I have a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, 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 in so many of these situations, and, and I apologize because I'm forgetting the, the young lady's name in Kentucky, but in her situation, the yeah, but was, oh, they were executing a searching, uh, a no-knock warrant. Breonna Taylor. Rest in peace to, to, to all of these people. Who was a nurse for sleeping? Can you imagine you, you, you sleeping in your bed? And that's the last time you're gonna wake up, right? And and so like, I mean, that's the the, the morning before the right. Last time and and, and so like with Freddie Gray, 
the the yeah but was like oh he was arrested committing a crime as if that somehow like and relegates you to death like you know how many people in Baltimore have pocket knives they sell them at the gas station right which right, right and, and you know so like that I but, have one but with right and so with but with George Floyd there was <laughs> yeah and you should yeah there was there, there were no yeah buts that like this was a man yeah the cops were called but he was on the ground he had been subdued long before the like eight minutes had like concluded in the video and there was just no mercy like and 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 on top of that much like um you could you could almost draw a comparison to you know the selma um the selma beatings when they were trying to cross the edmund pettus bridge white people at the time george floyd was stuck at home watching tv right and had no choice Mm -hmm. but to see what everyone was talking about. And it's like, right. oh yeah, this is fucked up. We need to do something about this. And that wasn't the worst. That's the crazy part right, about it. That the, wasn't the that, worst one. Right? I, 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 look, I, I have no way to prove this, but my conspiracy theory, when I put my conspiracy theory hat on, I say that the likes of Ahmaud Arbery and um, uh, who is the young man who was killed by the white girl who walked into his apartment and said... Uh, Amber Gagner. Yeah, like... I, I said, that was a cop. That was a cop. Yeah, I think, yeah. Those, I think those convictions were only had because... Of the outrage that came from 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 George Floyd, um, yeah. you know, I have my own critiques about like the way things went with the Freddie Gray case, but you know, we don't have to go off on that tangent if we don't. With the, uh, we on the city, like, I don't know. This they're not putting it directly. Maybe they are putting it directly in our face, but I've kind of been seeing like how they are showing the history of how this just didn't start. Right. Like right. it's been happening way way back with. The other commissioners and everything in oh, there, yeah. and it's kind of like, oh, um, how it started. I'm guessing it was O'Malley. I don't know who they were um, talking about when they were saying they, oh, we just need to get him off the street. We got to clear the corners. We got to clear the corners. Yeah, that was yeah. Very, under oh, oh, that was definitely that was, a, that was definitely an O'Malley policy yeah. where so it was it's like, kinda like the quality of life crimes. That, yeah, that about. it kind of morphed into it, and if you can see how at one point maybe these police did respect their job and did want to do good, but then it starts coming to like, well, is it worth it? Then it starts coming more to, are we making enough money? Like now it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's all about the money. It's not even about the job anymore. Right. We're doing something yeah. quality. It's like, I need to get paid. This is how I get paid. I just got to make these arrests regardless if they're valid or not. I just got to get these arrests and prove that I need this overtime to get this money. And that's another thing how, like, money really has ruined the world. Like, you, the cost of living and the shit that you want to do, people are really putting money over the value of their actual fucking job. Mm-hmm. Like, so- I just need to make this amount of money so I can live this lifestyle and, it does, and it's compromising my actual, what I was sworn in to do. Yeah. And, you know, well, two, I'm sorry, two quick things. I'm going to shut up because I know I've been going on the subject in a minute. But the most frustrating thing for me watching this stuff with all of the shootings is that you see the level of bullshit that it is. And for me to sit back and look at this stuff and see that it's obviously bullshit and people ride with it is crazy frustrating. But to your point before about coming into a job and then exchanging, we talked a little bit. Off, um, off air about like raising men and raising sons, and I think that that's one of the really important parts that you have to do, because I've seen it in my job. Some people have done some mess up stuff to some people, and if you're not willing to set it up and say, "Yo, we're not doing that," or pull that person aside, let them know where you stand, they're gonna keep doing it. But that's why you have to. And that's one of the things I do love about Baltimore, in particular, is that city, especially the black guys in Baltimore. 
you always you really work hard to raise men. You know what I'm saying? And whatever drama we got, people that come out of Baltimore, they're men. You know what I'm saying? They speak up for themselves and they handle it accordingly. You so, know what I'm saying? so, so just just for the sake of <clears throat> providing um, additional conversation, we we actually had the conversation in the group chat where I sent that one article that the guy sent where he was like, I spoke up against Black Lives Matter and then lost my job. Right. And don't keep it, don't keep it, like, that doesn't mean you're not going to have consequences. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to have consequences, but it's still, are you going to take that? So, um, I only bring this up, um, and uh, I only bring this up because he, essentially his thing, so the, 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 the greater conversation was around, like, can you have civil conversations at work? Setting that aside for a second, like, his, his biggest thing, his biggest argument was, hey, I took a look at the data, and the data would suggest that, um, Black people do not are not killed at a higher rate um, by police officers than than white people, and I'm not even going to attempt to sit down and like regurgitate what he said in the article because while I did read it, um, I don't have it in front of me, but I will say this. So, and I'll share my thoughts on it in a second. But what say you guys when people make those those types of arguments that hey. This is this is something that's kind of like not blown out of proportion, but this is something that like is kind of enhanced by media and social media, um, when really the statistics and the and the data shows that it's actually like actually it's not the case that white people actually do are killed at a higher rate, um, even when you adjust for population percentages than, well, than keep, black people. Well, keep in mind, police. even when that happened, like again back to Freddie Gray, yeah, you know I mean like the, the FBI came out and was like, look, we don't keep data on it. He was like, you know, mm-hmm. that's not, we just haven't been doing it. You know what I'm saying? And even now, it's voluntary if you want to report it as a police department. There's no law saying I have to report how my shoes occur. And maybe there should mm. be. You know what I'm saying? So that in itself, like with that particular thing, it's going to be really hard for me to prove that. But I also think that it's a difference between speaking up, having political conversations at work versus making sure that you're not, having malpractice or maltreatment or you're doing something that's going to actively hurt a person because of discrimination or because of what's going on. Like, we don't have to sit back and have debates about what we think is um, right and wrong as long as you treat my patient right or as long as you treat this suspect right. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You like We don't have to have that combo. But if you sit back and you see a black person, we start beating on them, we got a different conversation. You know what I'm saying? Or even as a doctor, if I don't prescribe a patient medication because I'm assuming he's drug seeking, you know what I mean? That's an issue. So, yeah. I mean, that's when you got to have those conversations, but not just, I like Trump, I like Biden, you know what I mean? I like this with police, I think about this about police officers, and I think that about police officers, because you, you mean you can, but like, it can't come with consequences, and it can't possibly get in the way of it. To me, it just seems like, not, I don't understand this need to be a contrarian all the time. Like, what, like whatever this guy said, it... He's completely missing the point of Black Lives Matter. We we don't. It's not about data. It's about the fact that police officers, whether it's one person, two people, or hundred people, officers out here killing black people and getting away with it. You know what I'm saying? But people's response who don't understand are like, "Well, white lives matter too." That's <laughs> Black that's lives matter. Is that called Black Lives Matter over oh, white lives? Right. Yeah, only. Yeah. Right. Like that. Like 
So, so, this, so this guy, does this guy post this but shit? Is that what the deal was? He said it in a, um, in like a little internal chat, if I'm not mistaken. Like he was yeah. a little internal joint that he had. At work? So he, yeah. he worked okay, for, well he, he worked for um, I want to say he worked for Thompson Reuters. <laughs> and Thompson Reuters reports, they're, they're, a news, like, they're, they're a news outlet. And they also do a lot of like data collection. He was, a, he was like a lead data scientist mm. or something like that for mm. Thompson Reuters. And so he's someone that very much so was driven by like you know the by like what does the data say, um, and you could argue that that's a bias, but that's a whole other conversation. Sure. So, uh, but um, essentially, they had a intranet, like an internal place where people at the at the office could post about different topics. It didn't have to be political, but just about topics. And it was supposed to be a space where, like, at their job, they could have uh, civil discord about something that someone posted. And his thing was. That he, when he did this post, it was met with um, such vitriol, and there was no like response. There was nothing countering the data that he presented. That the issue was that they were essentially telling him, "Shut the fuck up! You don't know what you're talking about." And he's like, "But the data." No, says, but the data says this. But your and data was wrong, though. Like, so, that's so, so, though like, so that was the thing I said to you was like, you your response was centered around countering the data. And his argument in, in his post that he wrote on Substack was, well, no one responded at all to the argument. Everyone just responded to like the the, the fact that you just don't talk you don't you don't talk about Bruno. You don't say shit about <laughs> you don't say shit about Black Lives Matter. That was a wonderful movie by the way. Love <laughs> love loved Encanto. But second of all, I don't I don't know about the consequence, but it's like but I don't understand this need to 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 discredit certain things. Like what like what is So it? I don't so okay. When I read it, and again, I don't want to get too in the weeds about like whether you what you should or shouldn't say at work, but I think his his intent was to say, "Hey, I know the prevailing thought was this, but here is what I found in the data. Let's mm-hmm. talk about it." So, so well, you definitely can't do that at work. That's for sure. Right. So, but the, okay. So, so here's my, and I think what he was attempting to do was say, "Hey, I, I get that people say you're not supposed to talk about this at work." But we have a place where people can talk about There's stuff no like such this. Thing. Right, There's right. no I such guess, thing. Right. And I mean, on top of that, again, he's saying the data, but bro, your data is wrong. Like, I mean, that's my first annoyance with it. But, and it can come into a point where it can create a hostile work environment. You know what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. again, that's yo, another thing. you yeah. can easily sit back and say, like, if you get, like, I'm just throwing this example. This hasn't actually happened. But let's say that you're at work and some come, somebody comes to you, like, yeah, all black people are monkeys. Period. You know what I'm saying? And apes and they don't need nothing else from me. And I have data showing that even now, there's no black person that has an IQ level above 300. It's the data. It's like, yo, shut up. You have no idea what you're talking about anymore. So, so it's like at that point, you can, it may be better than you. You know what? We don't need this person. He's creating, he's messing, he's making it difficult for everybody else to finish their work. So why do I need to keep it? So here's why I thought this was an interesting thing to share with y'all in the group chat. My thing, the, the after I like chewed on it for a little bit, my thought was, well, okay, if let's say the data says this, let's say that he's right, mm-hmm. isn't that a bit of a red herring in the sense that like the data still also says that police are killing motherfuckers in certain in, in certain numbers of quantities, and shouldn't that be the conversation that 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 we have? Like, and 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 the second point, the second thought that I had was. It, it it 
seems that and you your data like in looking only at the data it ignores the things that data can't capture such as mm-hmm. implicit bias yeah. and so I'll, I'll share a quick story but hey, of, I'm sorry the only point to add to that is that he didn't account for that but then he led it to, he led to a conclusion that put that was supposed to have all of that stuff included to it and again that was my issue I'm like yo you're like and I'm not saying you personally yeah, you know I mean, I'm talking about this guy. That did yeah, this of stuff. course. It's like, yo, he's like the data, the data, the data. But your data is wrong. You, you are Fox News right now. You know what I'm saying? Like you're coming out like, yo, <laughs> oh yeah, but no, it's information. It's not, but, but it's not though, bro. You're wrong. So, so my my thing with the implicit bias thing was, I I had an experience when I was in college where me and three of my friends, all of us black guys, we were walk. We weren't even on campus. We were actually off campus, like like right below South Campus. For those that went to University of Maryland, right. like near the Knox boxes, if those even exist anymore. <laughs> and this cop pulls up, black guy. Who's right. the cop? Older black guy. He gets out, and he just walks up to us, and he's like, "What are y'all doing here?" Oh wow. And we're like, "We're just walking." This it, is the summertime, right. right? And he's like, "Well, well, why are y'all near this campus?" Was we, school in session? So it's summertime, so you could be you taking classes. People right. could be taking classes, but yeah. like leases were year long in the apartments, yeah. oh, the yeah, campus yeah. apartments, and so it was like, well, we go here, and he's like, let me see your, let me see your IDs. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So we hand him our IDs. He's like, let me see your school IDs. And at this point, you know how you can have a whole conversation with your eyes, and so the conversation that that you I had with my eyes, <laughs> with, with well, the conversation I had with my eyes with my friends was. Just, just, just give them the eye. Don't, no, don't, yeah. don't do it. And, and I'm not even. I don't even think I'm the military. But you're person. already feeling like but that. I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Fuck. I the story. And so, and so we show him. We all show him our, our student IDs, and then suddenly, like his whole demeanor switches. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, because you, man, yeah, you know, because we, you, you know, there'd, there'd be a lot of people, you know, trespassing on campus. Wow. How do you trespass on a public campus? That's oh, open. Jesus. Wow. So and and so I bring that story up to talk about like the 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 one thing my critique about like looking only at the data is the implicit bias that I don't know gets captured in data in and that implicit bias being like just what people think about someone mm-hmm. that's black mm-hmm. or what people think about someone right. in certain scenarios like you're sitting on a plane you know living your best life getting ready to go to whatever island you're going to go to and some it. and some no i was going to say and someone with a, a full-on hijab or full full burqa right. gets on oh. and just the thoughts that run through through your head yeah um <laughs> you know those are the sorts of things that that don't get captured in the data and and that's why i think like you know and that's something that i think we own the city does a great job of digging into is that like that sentiment of they did something right you know mm-hmm. we're just going to go find it Right, right, right. Yeah. you know, and, and we're gonna right, and we're because they're guilty of something, and we're gonna get this overtime because I need to get my bread. I need that check. Exactly. So, you know like, so, what? no, go ahead. No, I was saying like you're right. I mean, that's the crazy part about it. Like at one point in the show, like they did a high speed chase, and the guy didn't have anything. Yeah, you know I mean, so because they didn't want to get in trouble, they playing the gun. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's Craziness. like exactly. So I mean, yeah, they, they showed that twice in there. Yeah, because right. yeah. the, the older person died in one of them. Yeah, Spo- yeah. Spo- yeah. spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. A couple who had nothing to do with what was going nothing. on. It's just the they, it's not a real spoiler. It wasn't like a major character. But it was still fucked up. Sick. That person actually died in real life. Right. Yeah. Yo, their chief financial officer just got caught up in a case, and he already had a gun charge when he was working for him. You can't even do that when you're popular a regular police officer. How does that happen? Yikes. 
You know well, what I'm saying? Like it's crazy. You, it's crazy. you can be appointed and elected to things that you that you can't normally apply for. And I hate how, <laughs> they, how Davis is in there, like, well, this is just what I was thrown into. This was already happening. But you who's gonna to make the change? Right. Who's gonna be like, yo, this can't go on? If you can't stop it, that means it's way too deep. And nobody's making you say that. You know what I'm saying? If you right. can't do it, that shouldn't you can be your first like statement. Like if you're going into any new situation, like you know, that has or that has pre-existing problems, like you know, you can't even get a juror twelve because everybody believe don't oh, don't that believe. Was, yeah, that that's was crazy. a powerful scene. They couldn't even get juries on jurors on there because no one believed the police. Right. So you got to have somebody on there to that fucks with the police and to try to get your verdict, but. They couldn't even get anybody because everybody was either beaten by the police or knew somebody who was beaten by the police or mistreated by the police. And yeah. can I just take one second, though, because I, I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to the real ones. Because I have recently, within the past year or two, seen some police do some real stuff for some real people. You know what I'm saying? So to the good ones, yo, please keep doing what y'all are doing. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, that make a difference in a lot of people's lives that y'all don't even know about. And I say some of y'all take heed for that. Yeah, I'm saying, but yo, just keep doing what y'all doing because people watching and they know it. That actually brings an interesting dynamic because having like even like with having conversation around Freddie Gray and everything like that, mm-hmm. what happened at the time, it was real internal conflict because I have I have friends who are in law enforcement, I have fraternity brothers that are in law enforcement, either like BPD, sheriff's office, federal level, what have you, and so that is an interesting dynamic because, like you, like you said, there are there are people who like they're just trying to do a good job. They may have joined the police force specifically to try and make some sort of change mm-hmm. from within, but yeah. So what's the what's the takeaway from this I conversation? I would have been the police. I failed it by twelve seconds. Oh, like the physical test? Uh, Uh, About 12 seconds? Wow. 12 seconds. I mean, a lot of them don't run. Then I had a panic attack afterwards. I was like, oh, this is not. Don't tell me (laughs) if I was that, if I failed, if I was that close. Just tell me I failed. (laughs) 12 seconds, man. Don't tell me I got a 64. Right, right. That's like, like, that was a sign of God because I would have got that trying to be a hero and it would have been corrupt as shit and they would have been like, get your ass. Yo, that's like a chick saying, yo, you, you, you almost hit. But you missed it by 12 or seconds. Or you almost seconds. made me come. <laughs> you, you was off by 12 seconds. If you seconds. just went on by 12 more seconds, you would have been the man. Like Brandy says, almost doesn't count. <laughs> almost doesn't count. They man. Could've, they could have let Beautiful me singing voice. That was God. It was not in my ministry. Hey, uh, I, I, lo- yeah. I love this We're going to get t-shirts made of that. We should. Time. I love this podcast because we, we we definitely like figured out a way to work sex into the conversation. Oh, we own the city and generation. police interruption. I know, right? We own the sex in the city. Oh, still, I see what you did there. Yeah. Did they both HBO shows? These, <laughs> these nuts is still funny to us. Got him. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, talking about knowing people that work at different places, let's switch this talk to talking about Something that came up again in our group chat. Um, that group can, I, can I can I also say by the way, that, right? That yeah. I, I love the fact that like we can talk about stuff from the group chat publicly. It was my idea, by the way. But yes, it was. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but we can. But but like also it's so humble about it. Too. <laughs> but I also love the fact that like other people can't see our group chat, so we don't got to worry about getting canceled. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But anyway, exactly. one of the things that came up in this conversation was was you know talking about the difficulties of trying to network. Uh, more specifically within the, in the black community because everyone here is is is, is black mm. or identifies as black. No one here is transracial. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know you don't know my life. <laughs> but but 
it was it was, it was actually an Atlanta it was an Atlanta it was an Atlanta episode. But anyway, oh yeah, it was an Atlanta episode. But, yeah, you're but, right. it was the top of the NAACP, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, and so no, that, that was, was real life. That's that was that was, that was that Rachel Dolezal. Was that the one episode about the one guy who's as black is probably uh, Mr. Brown, and he said I'm a 32 year old uh, white man? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was transracial. That was hilarious. But we were talking about the difficulty of trying to network, and specifically within the black community, when you're not a part of like a fraternity or sorority or some sort of like other organization um and so not even going to give any backstory to this we're just going to kick this off and 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 dj melody since this was your topic you go ahead and and take point on this so this topic came up in my head because as a business owner like you you're trying to network with people to try to figure out how you can grow your business or certain things you need to do to uh save money within your business and i was just literally saying like when I was thinking about people I could reach out to I really had nobody and then you kind of rely on your family and it's like your family doesn't know anybody either and I was just always seeing how these different news stories are coming up of how these fraternities and sororities are getting together and they're like buying these places and networking with each other and it's like damn like it's so it seems so easy for them when they're part of that network but if you didn't go to a university or even even if you did and you didn't uh pledge it's like it's it's kind of harder for you within the black community black community because we're still growing we're still trying to we're like a really young community if you think about it in the grand scheme of things and it's kind of hard to network if you don't have those connections Mm -hmm. and what's crazy is tomorrow I'm actually going to like a little network brunch with women and I'm excited about it because oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. oh my God, I can get to speak to these other women who also have businesses or working or moms or whatever and I can bounce ideas off of them and they can tell me what they're doing and everything. But it's like, it's so hard to do that within the uh, black community because we just don't have those resources ready and available. But I do see there is... Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying everyone is qualified for college and universities because it will put you in extreme debt. But the one upside about doing it is you do have that network of people, and hopefully, if they um, are still doing good in life, they they can teach you some shit mm-hmm. or connect you with some shit. And it's like if you don't have that, it's kind of like ten times harder to create that networking community. So I think that that's you brought up an interesting point because um, I've definitely seen the other side of that dynamic. Like, like you try to get stuff on the ground and having your business, but there are a lot of people that have money to give, have experience to give, have connections to give, but they just don't know the people or know how to reach them. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. You know, and again, like it is, and it is easy. I mean, for college, while you know, it's definitely if enough enough, she'll get that network. You know what I'm saying? That's probably like what well, alumni association is, mm-hmm. but. It's possible, but it is a lot tougher. I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, it's there, but they don't know you about, they don't know about you, you don't know about them. You know what I'm saying? But it's a lot of, it's a lot of people that are out there like, yo, I just need somebody that's motivated because I don't want to sit back and invest in somebody that's going to let it fall. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's possible. It's just going to be a lot more groundwork. Like, how do those two people meet? They're exactly. not in the same exactly. space, but, you know. Exactly. So you really got to put yourself out there when you don't have that con- connect. And it's scary because a lot of people are fucking scammers. Yeah. 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 One thirty-second story. I was getting my tux. Like, yeah, all like, his stories are sold me thirty seconds. No, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not you are on the clock, sir. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it, though. 30 second story. I was getting a tux from my man wedding. 
And the dude was beside me. He was talking. He's about. He, I'm talking about how he had his own business and da da da. He's an investment guy and he knows how to do some financial investments. I said, all right, cool. Talk to you later. I called him like a couple days later and I was at work. Come to find out do work for Primark. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I too I'm have been good. approached by the Primark person. Is this like a, a pyramid scheme kind of Yeah. Thing? Yeah, uh, it's like, but it's, it's like insurance. Like they do sell legitimate insurance, uh-huh. but there's like a pyramid scheme component exactly. to it. So I, I'll say this, because you actually, DJ Melody's alluded, kind of alluded to it. So, as someone who's in a fraternity, who's in the fraternity, five baby seven fraternity, I believe there was noise when I, when I was saying this. Five beta sigma fraternity incorporated. Um, I, I'll say this side of it is that um, as someone who is is kind of like um, introverted at times, mm-hmm. um, I do have like certain networks in certain places, but I don't. Like you said, you have to put yourself out there, yeah. and you have to constantly be in contact with people. Yes, and like, and so like, as someone who has connections, like either like fraternities or other places, I'll like see people and they'll be like, "Oh man, hey, I haven't seen you in a while," and it's because I'm I haven't been nurturing that connection, right. um, because you know I go there's periods where I just don't want to talk to humans, right. um, and so that there's that aspect as well. I think when it comes to networking, networking is inherently a um, something that is social by nature, and if yeah. you're not someone who is who wants to be social, or you're someone who like isn't consistently social, that can be a tougher, um, a tougher, a tougher battle to, to deal with. Because there's different there's different networks, right? Um, you're you you own a business, and so um, there's you're going to have access to like entrepreneurs and different types of people that a fraternity or sorority just won't have, um, you know, to some certain extent. You know, um, you know, flash. You know, in your profession, you're gonna have certain, you know, access to certain networks that that, that other people don't have. Right. Same thing with you, Mr. Brown, um, and you know, DJ Vlas. You know, you're gonna have access to certain networks that like other people don't have. And I think that, so I think that's probably part of it. That um, when you're in, you know, certain communities or organizations, it can be easier because there's like a, a you know, a certain like place that you know you can go, and there's a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. But it's a built-in you know, like system, it's right? It's a built-in system. But if you don't have that, even then, it's even more difficult or mm-hmm. trickier to figure out where to go and how to network. No, absolutely. Home, so. And I also think one of my biggest pet peeves with black businesses in general. This is a little off topic, so what's I hate when they like support black business, but then your product is trash. Like I don't know, there's been a couple <laughs> times where they like, yo, like I'm not gonna throw this this name of this place out. Yeah, that's not. But they had like <laughs> right. But it was supposed to be a black-owned store. And I was like, all right, cool. So they were like, yeah, support us, da-da-da. The oranges were like, and this is like five years ago. Oranges were like $10. Bananas are like $12. Oh, man. And I'm like, yo, are you serious? Like, yeah, but it's fresh and blah, 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 blah. And I get home and they ride it out like two days later. They, so, they, yeah. they, they were fresh. <laughs> they were fresh. At that moment, <laughs> you needed to eat in store. Right. right, right. They, they didn't say how fresh. Right. They just said it was fresh. <laughs> I'm going to say, well, I'll say on the flip side of that, though, too, like, you know, like, you know, I think um, with people who are small business owners and, you know, especially if you want to support black owned business, I get it. You know, you want to make sure you have a good product. If you want to put yourself out there. Um, but on the flip side, I don't like when people like uh, this is more so, I guess, for like people like maybe black owned businesses do like clothes and shoes and stuff mm-hmm. like like fashion, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like when people are like, you know, 
Oh, why are you charging? You know, you, you, as a business owner, you set your price. What it, you know, whatever it is, it is what it is. Right. Well, with fashion in particular. Now, again, it's quality. You know, you'll uh, buy this for Versace, but yeah. That, that. Well, I wouldn't buy Versace, so <laughs> therefore I'm not buying. Yeah, but I think, I'm with you, man. But I think if you, but it, it depends what you're marketing your whatever you're selling as, right? So now there are, there are scammers out there who are gonna say it's quality and it's really trash. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but I don't like that. Assumption. Yeah, I, I think with some Baba. people they automatically. Assume, <laughs> I think with some people though, like they kind of like automatically assume the worst with some like uh-huh. black-owned business in terms of like you know or like um, you know, they'll assume the worst kind of already or like you know want some kind of hookup off the break. You know what I mean? Like some kind of like discount. Yeah. Hookup. And I'm like that. Like you know, I, if I if I had a friend, um, let's just say I knew I had a friend who I knew was like uh, I don't know selling like sunglasses, right? And I'm like, all right, cool. This is my friend, but if this is his business venture. I'm not gonna like go to him and be like, "Oh, yo, can I get like a twenty percent discount?" I'm like, no. I mean, I'm, I want to. Yeah. You know, if I want to support you, I'm gonna support you. I'm gonna put the money up. I, you know, I know what your price is. If I can afford, if I can't afford it, I'll say that. So, uh, would you be mad if he held you to that same level of accountability he would anybody else to? So, like in a sense, being like, "Yo, if I'm paying you mm-hmm. like a regular person, then you can't get mad if I come to you like, yo, you ain't do this right, you ain't do that right.'" You know what I'm saying? Because I'm paying you the same way I would pay somebody oh, else. Oh, boy. I hate the friend <laughs> treatment. I hate the friend treatment. Like, you got your business. I'm paying the same price that everybody else is paying, but right. you're treating me a little bit different. No, that's what you're yeah, no, like that. friends. Like, I nah, can't. Actually, I, you're yeah, not going absolutely. as hard as you would for the next person. Yeah, nah, yeah yes, And absolutely. I'm paying the same price. That shit happens to me all the fucking time with nails. Like, motherfuckers be taking breaks and shit. Like, what you had taken a break? To eat a whole meal. Oh, I see what you mean. If yeah. I was someone else, it wasn't your friend. Yeah. Or like, oh, no, yeah. you know, you saying you're going to be here at a certain day to do X, Y, and Z. And like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm going to come the next day. Like, nah, I'm paying you. Yeah. Make sure the shit is right just like we if we wasn't friends. And that goes back to the networking piece. Because here's the thing. As my friend, you're already a promoter of my of what I'm trying to do. The last thing you want to do is take advantage of that and mm-hmm. not put your best foot forward. Uh, you you want to give them the product that you're trying to sell so that they can be even more of a promoter of your of, of what you're trying to do, of your business, your service, your product, or whatever. And like the flip, the other side to that is like, but let me get a discount because I'm your friend. Right. Uh, no, it, I, I I always just feel like if I'm like really the homie, I I am going to volunteer to pay the full price. I used to do that in my twenties. I did used to ask for the discount in my twenties just because I was a cheap broke bitch. But like now that I'm older and I I kind of know the value and I really I really do like anything I can get black I'm gonna get black. Yeah. Like so, I I I try to change. I'm not as broke as I was in my twenties now. So I don't really negotiate with people with their price. Your price is your price. Cool. If I can't afford it, not getting the shit. Right. But if I can afford it, I'm a, I'm gonna do it, and I'm not gonna be like, oh, can you take a little bit off? But I want you to treat me how you well, would treat another person if we weren't friends. One thousand percent. Don't ex- don't be like, oh, you need to pay my prices. My price is my price, but you still gonna give me the trend, trend treatment as if I asked for a discount. No, that's right. a legit point because I mean, even with me, like to be honest with you, if you my man and you know what I'm saying, I'm probably gonna pay you more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I man. But again, it's just like, yo, I. If you do a terrible job, bro, it's going to be really hard for me to sit back and be like, yo, go work for him. Mm-hmm. Because then they will come back to me like, yo, what's going on with your man? Right. And so I think like, people yeah. need to realize that if your friend, like people are like, oh, my friends don't um, 
promote me. Sometimes you might need to think, like, am I even giving them a quality job to promote me? Like, everybody ain't hating on you. Like, sometimes I'm not promoting your ass because your shit is trash. But I, as a friend, I know you can't handle it if I tell you that. Also, that might not be their ministry. Family. (laughs) If your friend got 100 followers, why are you mad that they not promoting you? Does it really matter? (laughs) They don't appear to be the most sociable person. Like, it's okay. Yeah, but... So, so that actually that actually raises an interesting question. Like this conversation, do you guys think there's a difference between black-owned businesses and businesses that happen to have an owner that's black? Yeah, for sure. We, 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 we said, we said that. Do you think there's a difference between having? In, 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 like majority do you think black a, ownership? Or no. Like, do you think there's a difference between a black-owned business, like a business that is defined as a black-owned business, mm-hmm. versus a business that happens to have? A black oh. owner. Oh, that's what you It maybe shouldn't be, but to me it is. It's like, I feel like if you're a black-owned business and you're promoting that, you should have more integrity than the the business that just so happen to have a black owner. I see like, what you mean. I, see, I, I, I get yeah. what you mean. Because again, like, mm-hmm. I feel like if you're a black-owned business, chances are you're that means black something. Staff. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You want to have some, maybe some initiatives going on in the community around you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if you work at McDonald's, chances are it's going to be that black. Oh, that's just... I do what you mean. Cause I, 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 remember, I remember I saw something online in particular. I think it was like, you know, the, 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 well, I guess where the argument kind of stemmed from, like, you know, is it a black owner versus just having to have a black owner? I think it, it came out that, like, some... I, I don't, it was like some woman, like, you know, she 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 had her business or whatever. She was, like, the face of the business. Mm-hmm. But her she's married to, like, a white guy. And he had ownership in the company as well. Mm-hmm. So can you really market yourself as a black-owned business if your husband, you know, your husband who is not black... Oh, but has stake in that client. He still has stake in that business. It's, it's not. It's, it's yeah. the same thing. And, per, and perhaps this is a deeper conversation than the one question that I thought, mm-hmm. because I guess the one one thing that I was thinking about was that when you when you are like when you position yourself your business as a black owned business, mm-hmm. there's a certain set of expectations, mm-hmm. um, and you you also kind of make yourself a bit more niche because yeah. I do feel like non black people assume that that's not for them. True. That's um, true. That's a point. And so that. Well, I don't know, man, because I've been seeing. It like, shouldn't, but I mean. Because, like, you rags, I thought was like a black thing, but that was. Dude, if I ain't noticed, like, all the old 2000s style is coming back. Like, you see with Gen, the way Gen Z dresses, they, they want that baggy shit, the do rags. Yeah. They going back to the 2000s. But, like, so, like, so quick, so like, 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 Uncle Nearest, for example. Yes. Is a, is a black owned, um, or at least marketed black owned um, liquor brand. Great it's whiskey, a bur- right, it's a great it's a great whiskey. The backstory is more so about showing love to the original like the person who originally came up with the recipe for Jack Daniels whiskey. Um right. and it's like should we like like is there like a certain like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Is there, is there a certain limitation um, to to categorize an Uncle Nearest as a black owned business versus you know, because they're like Uncle Nearest is it's, it's a bourbon and bourbon has a wider reach than just, you know, a certain specific set of people. And like, right. do we want certain businesses or any black owned business to be to have reach beyond the black community? Absolutely. Or, absolutely. you know, or, or is it just like one of those like. It's, this is just for us. Sort I, of I think. It, I think. I think if you're going to market it yourself, on what it is. Yeah. yeah like if it's like a hair product, if you have black owned hair product, and you're for black women or black men, like obviously that's we. You need to make sure you're putting products in mm. there for us. Right now, 
if once you start changing the formula, it's not going to work for us. We can't really claim you as like really for the Isn't black. That what people. happened with like? Uh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Shea, <laughs> Shea, so, Shea, so Shea Moisture a Shea few Moisture years ago yeah. put out uh, 65 promo videos, of which had one video with a couple white girls in it that was that basically was saying, "Hey, this works great for me too," and people were in an uproar. People were in a tizzy about the one of the 65 videos. And I think I thought that was like a great example of like, well, okay, is it black owned and versus like a business that happens to be owned by someone that's black? Yeah, and I think especially when it comes to other businesses, if you use a black product or if you're marketing a black product, you should give credit somewhere along the line. Like when I was talking about the whole thing with the do-rag, the reason I thought it was funny was because it was this chick, the blonde-haired chick, that was like, she called it something else. It made it seem like oh, she came up with it. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Of course. Yeah, like she made it seem like she came up with it. They came with a whole new term for it. And they're like, yo, shorty, no. It was the same thing with the body. You yep. know what I mean? They're like, yep. yo, no, we've been had this. This is something that's been going new. on. What are talking about? And it's you like, oh, yeah, but no, I just created it. No, you didn't. No, absolutely. Stop pretending like yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you got to give credit for that. Because, I mean, that's just like, again, with like, front, like gold teeth. If they did the same thing with that, that would be an issue. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing I do like about Target. They actually label the black-owned products as black-owned. So it's a little history like, yeah, you're about to get these hoop earrings, but Mm -hmm. I need you to know that the black community stamped these hoop earrings. Right. I fucked with that, Mm -hmm. and they're clearly not a black-owned company. too far off topic but like you know all this stupid shit about the critical race theory and all that stuff right i'm like yeah. like now my you, you know like they don't even teach enough about black history in school period especially mm-hmm. this these now days. you're taking out trying to take out what the little bit that they do, do have and, it, and, it, and it's not even like the critical race thing is like it's more that's like a college course it's not like something i don't know the, you probably know the real success of it but like you know no i don't, I don't know too much and i know it's kind of myself but i don't know too much the only opinion i have is that I think that like, I think that Black history shouldn't be an elective mm-hmm. because Black yeah. history is so ingrained it's American in American history. history. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I never understood how you could talk about um, George Washington or Thomas Jefferson without talking about the fact that they owned slaves. You don't, mm-hmm. even if you don't, that. even if you don't teach, you know, twelve-year-olds that Thomas Jefferson had kids with one of his slaves. It's it it's it was part of what was normal then and so so it does seem selective in that sense and I, I i feel like in the little bit that i know about critical race theory that the point um of critical race theory is to do just that is to ingrain is to intertwine black history with american history because they are they are one and the same yep. um even if your perspective was that you didn't notice anything going on with 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 the black community because you weren't part of it? it that mm-hmm. that's fine, but it, it it was still there and it was still a critical piece 
to the development of the infrastructure of the country. And I think it's so, going to help, even though I don't give a fuck what white people think, I feel like it's going to help white people see black people as more human. And we need that, especially for the kids that's growing up. So when these old racist people die, the racism doesn't keep continuing because these white people only know, these white kids only know what their old racist grandpa taught them. Well, that's that new thing about replacement theory. I saw an article in passing that was like how replacement theory went from like older white people to like a younger generation. So for me, this is a very, very, very ignorant topic. Critical race theory is very much needed and it should be implemented. I'm so tired of having conversations with uneducated people of different races thinking it's one way and it's completely another. And they're oblivious. For a prime example, mm-hmm. this whole thing with um, Kaepernick and dealing with the National Anthem and him dealing, if they had critical race theory, they would know that it would be no reason for black people to have to sue the National Anthem because the whole history behind that is when black people were doing that, the uh, American Revolution, we were still slaves. So much so that we got screwed over because Great Britain offered to have us over there. We started going over to Great Britain. U.S. said, no, stay with us. We'll give you your freedom when we get our freedom. We did that, and we still didn't get our freedom. It's kind so of explain to me what the National Anthem should mean to me. But again, if you don't take critical race theory, you won't know that. And I'm tired, so tired of having these conversations with people that don't know any better, and then they're loud and wrong because they weren't taught that. So if you teach them that, you don't have to have the same stupid conversations over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's the, what's the takeaway to this conversation that that sort of morphed from networking to, <laughs> right, to CRT? How can we improve? We got improve. Like I, I really like. I don't know. Every I don't want. I don't even know how long. Every so many years, I just I feel like there's a shift in the black community. Like okay, shit, we getting better. We getting better. We getting better. Mm-hmm. And then there's some type of traumatic shit that is like fuck. What happened? And then it's another thing. Oh, we're getting better and better. Like I'm yeah. really want to get to the point where we're getting better we're not backsliding like i just i just wish that for us i feel like we deserve it like we've been through so much as a people like we really deserve to just be our full 100 percent selves out in this world and i just feel like anybody who's listening to this podcast your friends or whatever just try to be a good black person to another good black person Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. we I know shit can be, if we was back in Africa, shit would be more tribalism and all that, but like, we can't talk, we can't think about that shit. We're here now Mm -hmm. as African Americans and we gotta be one as African Americans in this America. And like, fuck where you would've been from or what block you from or what state you from or what hood you from. Like, we gotta be on our own team and build this shit up. Mm -hmm. We have no, our ancestors to, to, our ancestors want this for us. Our ancestors are rolling that grave right now on some of the shit that we're doing. And it's just, I'm sick of it. Like, I'm so tired of it. Like, if you black in, in America, you need to be on team black, period. Period. All of the hate, all of the violence, all of the, oh, one you can't get one up on me because there only can be one black person in the room. Fuck all that. Mm. Like, we got the money to invest in ourselves. We got the knowledge to teach each other. Like, it's no reason why we still should be stuck on some 
bullshit, the bullshit that we stuck on. Like, we gotta move forward. It is fucking time. Our kids depend on it. I, it, ain't, it might not even happen. And I want it to happen in my generation. I want to see this shit. But for my fucking son and his kids, like, I don't know when the fucking end, the world gonna end. But as long as we rocking on this bitch, I want to see a place, even if I'm in fucking heaven, I want to see a place where we are really together and really thriving and not just surviving. Mm-hmm. Thriving, not surviving. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> I have Reach. nothing to add to that one. That was perfect. All right, and so we actually have a new topic or new segment that we're going to introduce. I know y'all know and love messy shit with Mr. Brown, but now we're going to get into serious shit with Flash. Yeah. So, so what you got today for us, Flash? Man, so. Keep it real, man. <laughs> On this segment of Relationship with Flash, I want to talk about uh, the police, FBI, government, whoever the powers that be are, using rap lyrics to indict artists. That really, to me, is like a version of musical stop and frisk, because I don't see them do that Mm. with any other genre of music. And you hear rock and roll people talking about drug use, sexual underage girls, Mm -hmm. and you'll hear DUIs and country music. But I feel like when it comes to rap, that's who they decide to target. And it drives me crazy because, I mean, anybody that listens to rap knows that a lot of these guys aren't even like that. But they're trying to portray an image. But then you lock that person up to hopefully snitch on somebody else, which is crazy. Because you're messing up their life, their livelihood, and everything else. So, to me, it's, it's very, very frustrating. They really kind of need to do something about that. So, so what's going on is... You know, one of the main one of the major uh, examples of that right now is, like you said, Gunna and Little Baby are no shoot, not Little Baby, Young Thug. thug. I don't even want to throw that on him. I know he's (laughs) he's like been known to associate with him or something like that. Right. Um. So Young Thug and Gunna have been like implicated in in RICO charges, which are actually state charges. I didn't know that. I thought it was federal. Um, State charges in Georgia. you know, being tied to allegedly, allegedly tied to numerous, you know, crimes, um, gang activity, gang, you know, yeah, organized gang activity. And apparently in the indictment, there are references to various lyrics in, in different songs that, that, um, that, uh, young thug has, has had and things like that. Um, so what are, what are some of y'all thoughts about this whole, um, topic of using music musical lyrics to to convict people or even charge people let me ask you this when have you ever heard a country song or a metal song any other song other than rap where they had to give a disclaimer before they started doing that song yeah you know what i'm saying like that's how crazy that is like i literally have to give you a disclaimer to say hey this is just music before i started going come on man like that's crazy so i I tend to lean pretty heavily in into the camp of, of free speech and that you gotta protect the fucked up free speech to make sure that like the free speech of like everyone else is, is also protected. Um, I think it's weird to be able to secure a conviction based solely off of off of lyrics from a song, because that sounds like hearsay. Like if I say this person punched me in the face, absent proof, like that that tends to not really like rise to a level of burden of proof to, to convict someone like beyond a reasonable doubt. Right. So why do rap lyrics tend to do it? Um, and maybe there's something I don't know. Maybe like in some of these cases they're saying, Hey, 
rapper A said this in this song, which ties back to this evidence that we have, which I guess would be different. But I, I tend to be on the side that like you probably shouldn't use lyrics from a song or any sort of artistic expression in order to 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 convict someone. So keep in mind too, like I mean, you just had um, I forgot Shorty's name. She was one on trials, the Republican chick. White chick. Which one? Right. The one that keeps talking all the crazy stuff. Is it Chloe Barrett? No, she's on the Supreme Court. No. What's well Bulbert? Is that? No, I, I don't know. All right. Well, the one that's always with uh, Matt Gates, that chick, whatever her name was, she just had a trial. And when she had the trial, they put up all these social media posts that she said about somebody needs to be tried for treason, somebody needs to do all this, that, okay. third, nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, they asked about it. She was like, well, I, she even said I didn't say it. She was like, well, I just can't recall right now. And that was the end of it. You know what I'm saying? But yet, <laughs> you have a Bobby Smyrna, Takashi, all these other guys that get locked up for something that they said. You know what I'm saying? And they don't care what you said. Well, I can't remember. Well, I didn't mean it or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you not hold people to that same standard? Yeah, I mean, and, and I guess... You can't can't leave out the fact that like okay if y'all really are active and doing whatever mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't put it, you probably yourself. shouldn't put the the truth in rap lyrics that should I do feel like I do feel the urge to say that part but then but, hold everybody the artists that same standard though like if you're gonna hold music accountable then hold music accountable don't just go to rap go to country go to rock if they talking about having sex with an underage girl investigate that if they talking about doing drugs investigate that. So Kid Rock should be on the investigation. Yeah, was right that now. was that an Aerosmith song or something where he's talking about like fucking the girl that's fifteen or something like that? Oh wow! I haven't got the artist's name, but I know exactly. Mm. I'm sure I can pull up. It's like it's right. a really it's a hit song. It's yeah, a popular really. rock song. But it's not just one. It's a lot of people that had those had songs like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess the thing, I guess the thing is like because obviously a lot of this is kind of subjective. Um, well, that's a big thing. But I think are they explicitly saying this? Uh, wrong behavior or maybe more like alluding to it or like because you know that's what because you know that's where i'm like it all depends i don't think it should i don't think it should be using music lyrics like i agree with you jenny's been like no nah, i don't i would i don't get why they're using that well not solely um if you're trying to convict someone of a crime because music is art you know art and art is subjective and it's entertainment you know so your, your argument can always be like this is just for entertainment purposes. This isn't my, I'm not saying I, I really do this. Exactly. You know what I mean? So. And I think Jay-Z's trying to get a bill passed that's like that right now. So, so yeah, it, they actually did recently pass a bill in, in New York, York yeah. about that where you, it, I think it has to be like directly attributable to like, they have to have other support and evidence or something like that. Right. They can't just say, he said it in this song, therefore they're guilty. So to the rock example, there's a, a Rolling Stone song called Stray Cat Blues uh, and the creepiest lyrics in there says, I can see that you're 15 years old. No, I don't want your ID. (laughs) You look so restless and you're so far from home. Oh, my God. But it's no hanging matter. It's no capital crime. You don't say, no, I don't want your ID. (laughs) So... But rap music was a problem, though, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean... That's awful. uh, Let's see. Do we want another example? (laughs) I'm sure there are plenty. There's a song by Kiss. Um... Called Christine Sixteen. <laughs> See investigation right there. They still alive. We'll the, investigate. And, wow. and the creepiest lyrics are: "She's been around, but she's young and clean. I've what got to she? have her. Can't Ooh. live without her. Well, no, Christine Sixteen. Christine yeah, Sixteen. So, oh, but they not on investigation right now. They yeah, should be well. So, well, can't be nice that. 
So, you know, take that for I guess the thing is that I'm not cool. I'm not all the way 100% with using rap lyrics, but I'm like, y'all really out here doing dumb shit, though. Like, Lucci pushed the whole goddamn man out of his car that got shot in the head. Like, no, if you can prove, don't be wrong. If you can prove that I did that outside of music, cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But don't sit back and back when he rapped about it, so now it has to be. Who was that? Fifty Cent. Who, ironically, uh, two of the people on that on that one song he was on actually got convicted for something. But he, 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 yeah, he said he said he said in an interview he was like, look, when they start talking about that gang shit on the song, he's like, that's why I was like, I am not gang gang. See, I do not gang bang. <laughs> because he's like, look, listen, I, he, I think it was Fifty Cent in the interview. He said, look, I'll take a murder charge over uh, um, Rico charge. It's, yo, my, crazy. Yo, the fact that you have to do that is crazy though. My issue is more of the people that's listening, the kids that are listening, the impressionable kids that are listening who feel like, oh, well, they, they're doing it in the songs and in real life, and I got to do it too. Like, like, I really don't even give a fuck about these rappers. I really give a fuck about the kids that's listening to it because it's just so, they're so easily influenced. Like, and when we, were, when we were younger, we could listen to songs and really didn't really know what the fuck they was talking about. And even if we did, like we list, we was able to listen to it and keep it moving. Like it was some of us that was yeah. like getting raised that, off of it, but majority of us was like we could listen to it. And a lot of our music was more of dancing music and not like banging music. Oh, no, well, we had, had, yeah, because yeah, 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 uh, I was yeah. So three six mafia. Oh, that was my shit. Yeah, yeah, but they never wanted me to do any of the drugs no, they were dude. talking about. But I didn't even know right, what drugs they were I like because you were raised right. right you know what i'm saying like that's apparent thing. because like that's like almost i look at it like a radar movie yeah i mean like a radio for mature video game like these things are out here and that's why i, I, I became a lot less fond of the mayor of new york right now because he tried to blame drill rap mm-hmm. you're talking york. about you talking about the new guy i had an issue with him because he tried to blame drill rap for all the murders that happened in new york like they hadn't killed each other since 1970s so, so there was um, uh, what was it? I'm trying to think of. There was like a um, some sort of thing where with uh, Jay Z, it escapes me right now. But I, th- I think that like when it comes to rap lyrics, or just lyrics and songs all together, I think that there's different kid, different kids. You have to know your kid. Different kids um can like se- separate entertainment from real life, mm-hmm. and on the flip side of that. Some kids don't have the luxury of knowing that. Some kids will hear something in a song and can relate to it because they've seen it all they see. right outside their door. And so, they, like, I, I think it is a more nuanced and a, and a much more complex conversation. Yeah. Um, part of it is like teaching your kids the difference between entertainment. Um, and there was, yeah, the, the Jay Z quote that I was thinking of was when he says, "Scarface, the movie did more." Than Scarface, Scarface the rapper, yeah. And, you know, which, which I, I always thought was weird, like that people like legislate and fight against music much more than they do movies when there's the visual and the audio to a movie um, versus versus like you know the lyrics to a song or even but they do that now with guns you know what I'm saying like how they did the whole thing with guns where it was like the NRA didn't want you outlawing guns after mass shootings so then they ended up switching it to video games well, the NRA has their agenda as long as it fits their target market, right, right, which right. is not the likes of Philando Castillo, but it's a whole other conversation. No, I feel Yeah. Absolutely. I'm just saying, I think that that's yeah. the same movement using. You know R.I.P. Philando Castillo, by the way. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. For sure. For 
it, which was an interesting thing, and I don't want to harp on it, but because we talked about it last episode, but like Orlando Castillo was in an open carry state, he had a gun, admitted to the cop that he had a gun, was shot and killed, and the NRA said zero. You would think that that would be the thing that the NRA would want to speak on to say, hey, Second Amendment right affords us the right to carry um, to carry uh, guns and to, to bear arms. And so that was wrong for that police officer in that situation to do that. And he should be prosecuted or whatever stance they want to take. But instead, they chose to be silent. Absolutely. No, you're 100% right. And so that's a, that's a telltale sign. And that's, that's part of uh, that even probably, you know, whether someone wants to say it, it's accurate or not, that informs my my worldview when I when I think about like how I don't think lyrics, specifically hip hop or rap lyrics in general, should not be used against people criminally because a lot of rap, um, and I can only speak for my my generation. So right. we're talking about you know the Jay Z era, you know maybe a little bit of the Kendrick era, like right. you know. A lot of rap lyrics tend to be about observations, um, you know, and, and some of it may be spoken in from the first person, but a lot of those guys didn't actually live that shit. Right. Um, and so even and even if someone is saying like, you know, like they, they're speaking on an experience that they had, actually had, like absent evidence. You know, is that really a confession? Maybe it is. I, I, I don't know. Well, about I, generation, sometimes I feel like even if they were speaking on it, they did they they spoke on it on in a way where it's like overcome that do this right. instead so that's like that was like an underlying that's message. not in there it's just like that's what you mean. Yeah. walk walk yeah, walk your hops down and kill them and that's <laughs> and, it and go to the party and yeah yeah There's that's no, the thing like but redeeming got, factor of it yeah, yeah but you also got right, a right. lot of like 17 18, uh, 17 19 20 whatever these dudes are young you know what I'm saying that are going off with that but again my thing is if they're rapping, chances are they're trying to do it to get out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll use Lil Durk as an example. I mean, he had whatever drama he had going on, but he's out He now. probably going to win the next one. I hope not, man. Not I, I, like, I really am rooting for him. You know what I'm saying? And you know, him and his girl being in the shootout in their house is wild. But yeah, but I mean, like, but again, Chicago, like, especially for what I've seen from it, they, they really get active. And the thing, it seemed like he's trying to get out of that. You know what I'm saying? He's making trying to make start little businesses and do some other stuff to get out of it. So I just, I just feel like it's such a, a punk move to try to pull something they're doing as far as rap. Yeah, it, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's lame. So it's it's hard for me because like okay, I don't I, I I'll speak for myself. I I growing up was very much the dude who knew dudes that was active, mm-hmm. but those same dudes would be like, "Yo, chill, like go do like you you, you good, you got you got something, right. like like you don't you don't want no parts of this right. sort of deal." Facts. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And so, so it's hard for me to like. You want none of this cocaine, Dewey? So like, it's hard for me to you know speak on, um, you know, to to say like to speak from like experience because my experience was always like I had friends, I heard about shit, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like I wasn't I wasn't active. Even when right. like people who aren't from from Baltimore from from Baltimore would be like, "Yo, you from Baltimore?" And they like try to like make an assumption. It's like. No, 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 no. That wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't. Me. That's not me. That's, that's not. not that's me. not my story. And I say that because, like, that to me, to me, is disrespectful to try and claim some shit that you no, haven't experienced. But, but I like so. I, to me, hearing rap lyrics, it was never. To me, I always looked at it as entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, when I listen to Biggie, when I listen to Jay, 
you know, um, when I listened to like Snoop and all of that, like it was it was always just entertainment to me. But I get Jeezy. Jeezy, like G, I remember when, remember when the Love Snowman Jeezy. T-shirt got banned in school. Oh yeah, I remember that. that. I was in college, but I remember hearing about that. Like mm-hmm. grade schools banned the Snowman. But you can wear your Confederate flags shirts in school though. Yeah, I'm saying, sir, sir, we're we're we're, we're we are <laughs> we are over time. We cannot, we cannot <laughs> go that serious deep. shit. <laughs> so what, what what's the takeaway from the serious shit today's yeah. serious shit with Flash? No, the takeaway uh, is just like yo, just free speech and your music should be that. Music is just art. Artists are, let them do that thing. You know what I'm saying? And just let artists be artists. If you have them doing dirt outside of that, then fine. But yeah, when it comes to music, music is music, and just leave it at that. Sweet. All right. So we hope y'all enjoyed this. We hope y'all had fun. We hope y'all learned something and picked up on whatever information that that would you deem pertinent to yourself. But until next time, beer planners. Peace. Peace. Yeah.